Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Backseat Fanatic. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and joining me today is co-host, Maddie Klassen. Hey man, glad to be back after a little break. Yeah, it's going to be a short episode today, but we actually kind of have a lot to talk about over those few days, so let's just go ahead and get started. Alright, so at this point I'm pretty sure everybody's probably already heard, because the cancellations have already passed, but to put it as simply as possible, COVID is back. Um, two, three games for COVID or for CU season have already been canceled, including the Kansas game on December 21st, which will not be rescheduled, which is a bummer because that was going to be our biggest out of conference game of the season. Yeah, that sucks. I know the fans were looking forward to that. I'm sure the players were, and just I mean, it sucks we don't get to see Kansas play. Yeah, and I mean it was not that the CU would have won, but if they had won, it would have been their biggest win of the season, and it was supposed to be the biggest home game of the season. So. It would have been nice to see where CU's at compared to a team like Kansas. Right, because we played so well in that Tennessee game and then mm-hmm. struggled in a couple of games we probably shouldn't have struggled in after that. Milwaukee, Eastern Washington, and CSU Bakersfield. So yeah, it's kind of a bummer we won't see the Kansas game. And then the Oregon and the Oregon State games that were supposed to be played on December 30th and January 1st have both been postponed. So, a little bit brighter spot there, postponed rather than canceled. The Oregon game has already been rescheduled for uh, January 3rd, so that game will be played tomorrow in Eugene, Oregon. And they believe that they'll be able to find a date for the Oregon State game, but as of right now, it hasn't been rescheduled yet. Yeah, those conference games, I assume they would uh, find a way to reschedule them, so we have a kind of fair playing field among the Pac-12. Ideally, and I mean, there's... As you mentioned earlier before we we actually started recording, there's a break some point during Pac-12 play where we have about a week off. I I have a feeling that's when those games will probably be played because CU is not the only team that's been experiencing cancellations or postponements. However, these three cancellations slash postponements did happen because of protocols within the bus program. This was because of Colorado's team. So Colorado was the team that had some sort of COVID outbreak. And so we hope everyone's healthy. Hope the players are recovering well, but hopefully they can get the COVID under control so that they yeah. continue. With well, their I think that's kind of weird because Colorado is not really like a hot zone right now, like New York or bigger cities are. So it is interesting that it's been us every time. See you. Yeah. I don't know. I guess opponents are Kansas and Oregon teams though. So not yeah, exactly true. hot spots. That's either. true. So moving on, CU did have a game versus CSU's Bakersfield before the COVID shutdown. Um, CSU's Bakersfield, not one of the best opponents we're going to play all year. CU really went out and handled business. I'll give a brief rundown of the game, but nothing we should look too far into. CU on the first possession, Tristan Da Silva came out and hit a three. Really sets a tone for the rest of the game. And one point I want to mention is CU got off to a hot start. That's something you know we've talked about on the podcast a decent amount that we're going to have to figure out to win these Pac-12 games. So I thought that was good. CU was able to do that. Started up 14-4 to uh, in the first six minutes and kind of just held that lead for the rest of the game. I was going to say, n- nice to see us making jump shots out of the gate for once. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, CSU's Bakersfield never really had a chance in this game. They were down 12 to 15 points the majority of the game. The closest the lead ever got was eight points, but at no point was CU scared or th- was there a threat to come back really. Final score was 60 to 46 and uh like I said CU really just handled business so it was good to see. 
did the majority of that without Jabari Walker, too. He got hit in the head about four to five minutes into the game, had only taken one shot, and Coach Boyle didn't play him for the rest of the game, probably just as a precautionary type thing against a team like yeah. CSU Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. They weren't they weren't going to need him to get the win. They didn't need him get to, to get the win. And there hasn't been much reporting on like if he was had a concussion or was even in concussion protocols or anything like that. So it seems as if he should be fine going forward, but hope that that was nothing serious and that he's okay, but I ha- I have a feeling we would have heard more about it by now. Yeah, definitely. So, um few takeaways, CU just shot really well. Um 41% from 3 and uh CSU's Bakerfield, I think, shot like seventeen percent from three. So, I mean, you're you're gonna win most games when uh, you shoot like that. Versus your your shooting percentage compared to the opponent is you know twenty thirty percent higher. So, that was good to see. Um, so, CU has a game coming up versus Oregon tomorrow that uh, should be a good one. I think we're pretty two evenly matched teams in Oregon. Um, start off Oregon season. They've had a very up and down season. They started off the season ranked 13 in the nation. High hopes for the season coming in. And on their third game, they got blown out by BYU and have not been ranked since. So they've also, they're coming in 1-2 and two in the Pac-12 with losses to Stanford and Arizona State and a win versus Utah. So CU's 1-1 one one in the Pac-12 right now. So this is, it's early in the season, but it's a big game for both schools because these are teams that are going to sit around 3-4 and four in the standings, we think. I was going to say, just looking at Oregon's schedule and their performance this season, they're kind of a hard team to gauge because, like you said, they're they're ranked highly to begin the season, get blown out by BYU, and then, as I think you're probably going to discuss, have a really close game with Baylor, who's one of the better teams in the country, and then a couple big big loss to Houston, so, I mean, and then a couple big wins. Or not not necessarily big wins, but a couple wins where they've really handled business, especially that Utah game. So they're, they're hard to gauge just based off of looking at their schedule. No, definitely. And I think I mean, that might be a good thing for Colorado because Colorado has been pretty consistent in their strengths mm-hmm. and weaknesses this year. So if yeah. inconsistency is a problem for Oregon, that might that might go to benefit us. Yeah, they were they were. I believe beating Baylor for the majority of that game. That game was on upset alert. Baylor has not lost a game all season. And that game was in Eugene, probably a pretty tough environment. So CU's going to have to f- handle that tomorrow. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting because CU honestly hasn't had many road games this season. A lot of games at home. So in a, you know, Pac-12 environment where it's a conference game, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how CU can handle that. Well, and then getting a little bit specifically into the matchup aspect of it. This should be a sp- their roster for us could potentially present some issues or it could really be a good matchup for us. And the reason I say that is twofold. First off, their three leading scorers and kind of their their punch is three guards. Devion Harmon, mm-hmm. who's a transfer from Oklahoma, averaging 10 points a game. Jacob Young, who's a younger guard, who's averaging 10 points a game. And then their leading scorer, and by all means this season, their best player, Will Richardson, who's averaging like 14, 5, and 5 and shooting 48% from the three-point line. Uh those three guys could potentially cause a lot of problems for us. We've talked to the season. Our backcourt, while talented and athletic, is young, little inexperienced, uh, struggle to take care of the ball sometimes, and also struggle to turn the other two over sometimes. That could potentially be a problem. And then on the flip side of that, we don't have our typical size advantage where it's going to be 
giant for us in the way that it typically can be because they have they have some size on the interior as well. They have two recruits who are near seven footers that not, neither one of them is playing a ton. One's playing 18 minutes a game and the other one's playing nine minutes a game, but they could give us some problems. And, you know, just like typically where we're bringing Levering off the bench and his size mm-hmm. is like such an incredible thing to have behind, that won't be the case against Oregon. So don't yeah. have a huge size advantage and they probably have the the skill and experience advantage in the backcourt. So that should be interesting for us matchup wise. Yeah, definitely. Watching the uh the watching the Baylor game, I sat down and watched that. That was on ESPN and it was pretty clear that this was a very athletic team. Um really good backcourt and like you said the length is there. So we're hoping we can match up. I think we'll be able to um another game I kind of want to bring up just as a comparison wise because i do think this will be a really tight game is so oregon lost to stanford by three points this game was in stanford and obviously we beat stanford in a very tight game but uh this game was neck and neck and kind of ours was with stanford too so i think this is going to be a very evenly matched game and uh i think it's going to come down to the final few minutes and we've shown cu's shown to be very good when you know we need it most so Hopefully it goes CU's way. Okay, so we've said a couple times that it's not going to be a very long podcast, and we're not we're not going to sit here and just chat it up for another nine minutes to get that on tape. But we do think it's worth mentioning, with COVID being back, as we said earlier, that there could be some long-term implications for the season with all of this COVID news rather than just a few postponements. We'd like to stay optimistic and say that it's just a little wave around the holidays because of traveling, etc., etc., and that the season's going to be back in full tilt as soon as possible, which ideally, that'll be exactly what happens. But Mm -hmm. especially with the news that our school and many other schools are transitioning back to remote classes, at least for the beginning of the semester and what could possibly be the whole semester, and COVID cases are clearly picking back up. It seems as if they're declining in severity, but that they're picking up in quantity. And I, I do think it's worth mentioning, considering how the NCAA played this two years ago in March 2020 and was willing to cancel their billion-dollar tournament because of COVID, I think it's a possibility that it could there could be many, many more postponements. And unfortunately, and we'll keep our fingers crossed that this isn't the case, but there, there could be another shutdown entirely. Yeah, that would just be a bummer. For players, fans, really the whole the whole sport, because I mean you got to think for the seniors. Two years ago, they didn't really have a season. Last year, they had a season, but it was a weird COVID season. No fans, no no environment. Some of these kids came to these big schools for, and uh, it would just it would suck if we kind of had a repeat of uh, two years ago. So, like you said, fingers crossed. Hopefully, this is a little wave, but uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more. Uh, postponements and similarities to the season two years ago well and the the academic aspect of it to me was just not a good sign once once that starts to progress back into being something that's done remotely people start asking why everything's not being done remotely and why something such as sports games can be played when we're not in a classroom yep i personally would love for the athletes to get to keep playing even if we have to go online for school but uh i i I just don't want to. I don't want to be too naive about it because I, I believe there's a possibility that the season concludes prematurely if this continues yep. to get worse. Yep, and that'll just tell with time. So we'll wait around, see, and keep you guys updated.
Yep. And then lastly, before we go, just with everything that's happened this week with the Marshall fires, we'd like to say that we hope everybody is safe to anyone that uh, lost their home or lost any of their belongings this week. We stand with you. Um, there's information on where you can reach out to help people and donate and sign up to go volunteer in any way that you can. I believe that the best way to access those would either be through student email or even the Barstool Buffs Instagram account. I know that they're right now they're posting a lot of resources and materials that people can go and access. So not to not to cross advertise, but if you're looking to help and you're looking to donate in any way. Either start with the CU website or student email or go and check out the Barstool Buffs Instagram because I know that they have a lot of stuff going on there. Alright guys, well that's going to call it for today, so thank you for listening to this episode of the Backseat Fanatic. The Backseat Fanatic is brought to you by The Bold. The Bold can be found on social media at TheBoldCU and at www.TheBoldCU.com.